Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? And welcome back to the Cannon Fire Podcast here for episode three on YouTube and iTunes. Pleasure to be back here with you. We got some Bucks news. Coming off of week three of the preseason. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Redicus, joined alongside the co-host and the best in the business, Mr. Bucks Football, Mr. Evan. We've got quite the show for you this week. Sorry, it's been a little bit of a pause between shows. Madden 18 came out the other day, and I have been playing the hell out of that. But we do apologize. We are going to be back talking some Bucks football. And if you guys haven't already, go pick up go pick up the new Madden. Oh, my God. I got nothing but good things to say about that game. Evan has his coming up on the Thursday, uh, the 25th. It's the 22nd today. I got my copy last night. I've been playing it for hours, literally since the minute I got it to... Ten minutes ago, I stopped playing it so we could record the show. The pleasure to be back, guys. It's been a little minute. Thank you for listening on iTunes and YouTube. Evan, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing just fine. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm hanging in there. So we are coming off uh, a pretty slow week in in Bucks news, uh, but we'll get that we'll get to that a little bit later. We do have some rumors coming around that hopefully you guys have some input in because I love when you guys throw some input in. But the first thing we are going to talk about is the win in Jacksonville preseason week two on the road, the last away game for the preseason. Drove up to our neighbors in Jacksonville, the Jaguars. We were knocking on their door all night, and we took home the W with some impressive performances throughout, and we got to see a little bit more of the starters. Evan, give us a little bit of detail on that game uh, from your perspective. Uh, Well, I I think during that game, what, what I was looking for, I pretty much saw. I was looking for the offense to start fast, which they did. I was also looking for the run defense to improve, which they did. Um, you know, pass coverage, I'm not going to lie, got bailed out a couple times because, excuse me, Blake Bortles is just so bad. Um, it's it's not looking bright down there for the QB situation in Jacksonville. But um, anyways, besides the point, this isn't a Blake Bortles hate podcast, nor is it a Jaguars podcast. So, um I think they they did get bailed out a couple times, but overall pass coverage wasn't bad. I thought Ryan Smith played good. I didn't think JV and Elliott played too well, but the run defense I thought was very good, and that's what I was looking for. On the offensive side of the ball, I was looking for Jameis to limit uh, you know his mistakes, which he did for the most part, except for two throws. One throw was just a bad throw, bad decision, and one he just can't do. Uh, they were down the goal line, twelve nothing game. If this was a regular season game, you might have just – it was late in the late in the second quarter, right before halftime. If this was late in the regular in a regular season game, that same time, 12 nothing, and you score a touchdown, you might just put the Jaguars away because that would just deflate them right before halftime. They'd come out with no momentum. But instead, Jameis Winston almost gets sacked. Luckily, he got a mulligan. He, he did get sacked, but – which I didn't think he was down. I thought he got away with one there. Um, can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, you know, we saw Jameis run over to the sideline. Dirk Cutter got angry at him. Can't wait to hear that on Hard Knocks, which is actually 
airing tonight. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to catch it or not, but I'll catch it tomorrow or sometime else. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, and Jameis played great other than his two plays. Deshaun Jackson also played good, and Mike Evans played good besides one drop. And, oh, my God, it might have been the best throw I've ever seen. It might have been one of the – it was, not might have been, was – Probably a top three or top, maybe the top throw, the best throw I've ever seen Jameis Winston throw. And, and looking and at Mike he Evans, drops it. looking at Mike Evans drops this preseason. I don't know what it is, man. He would be perfect. He had a drop in Cincinnati against the Bengals, and it really rubbed me the wrong way because I assumed he had it under control. I assumed he had it under wraps. It's preseason, getting back in the grips of things. But both drops have just almost seemed unnecessary. The one against Cincinnati. It looked like he went to snag it with one hand, and it just kind of got past him. You saw a little more on hard knocks. He was more frustrated that he didn't catch it. He was saying, oh, I tried to get it over my head and this and that, but regardless, it was a one-handed catch. And then you talk about Jameis. Jameis did have a good night. Uh, he continued his solid preseason, completing 29 or 21 excuse me, out of 29 passes for 196 yards, and they ended up beating Jacksonville 12-8 to that Thursday night. Um, Deshaun Jackson, the guy's proved he has hands. He's going to be awesome this preseason. And Mike Evans, aside from that one drop, five receptions, picked up 57 yards for the Bucks' offense. But not too bad, not too shabby out of uh, not too shabby out of Jacksonville. But I did want to talk about Doug Martin, who really came out, had five runs against the Jaguars, and put up points on the board. Uh, I mean, are we showing signs of a hopeful Dougie Fresh? Are we? I would like to believe so. I like to see Doug do well. But a lot of people are still arguing who's going to get that week one spot. I would like to see Doug come out and do well. And I think he did exactly what he needed to do in Jaguars or in the Jaguars game to kind of make a statement to show that he's still here. I definitely agree. Uh, I think he, you know, this third preseason game on on Saturday um, versus Cleveland is going to be big for him also. But um, Doug Martin definitely got off to a good start. Uh, you know, the cutbacks, he did in Cincinnati. I felt he did a little bit too much. I thought he didn't need – sometimes he didn't need to cut back. Uh, he, he really relies on the cutback when he's when he's on, when, like when he's feeling it. He relies on that. That's always, that's always been his thing, though. I've noticed about Doug Martin, he's a hard back to bring down because he's very smart and he's very agile on his feet. He relies on those cutbacks, and there's some times where maybe he doesn't have to, and it'll lose us yards. But a lot of times when he makes big plays, you'll notice him cutting in and out through the uh, through the stack of his blockers and the D linemen. He's very smart on his feet, very aware for a running back, and that's that's without bias. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But in Cincinnati, he, yeah, I remember this one play. He had the corner beat to the outside, but for some reason, he decided to cut back in, and he would have had probably four or five more yards had he not cut back in. So I, I think I was looking for him to be a bit smarter in Jacksonville, and, and he was. He, uh, Yeah, like you said, he was not a tough – he's a tough back to bring down, and they he proved it in Jacksonville. Um, you know, I, I, I like the Bucks being able to drive down their first drive and finally score a touchdown uh, because – that was really the only complaint in Cincinnati. Well, okay, you drive all the way down the field, but you – get on a three-yard line and can't get in the end zone right they did it this time and uh you know it was very good everybody got involved in that drive mike evans uh deshaun jackson i believe had a nice end around play uh handed off to him i really like that play they're gonna use that a lot this year um 
Mike Evans, Cam Braid, even O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard actually got him down to the goal line, and the very next play, Doug Martin ran it in. So uh, O.J. Howard definitely showed up uh, the other night. And Actually, the Bucks' five longest passes came from Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, O.J. Howard, Adam Humphreys, and Chris Godwin. Now, those players are going to be pretty much the starters throwing at regular season games. So that's a good thing to see. Plus Cameron Brayton. Cameron Brayton had a very nice night as well, but he didn't have, well, you know, everybody else had a longer reception than him, but add him to the mix as well. Those guys are going to be the starters, and that was very encouraging to see. Um, yeah, but for Doug, it was important for him to get in the end zone. He's got to hope that, that he keeps it up. And I was telling you before the show started, um, I don't see it. If he keeps it up, unless there's some, you know, uh, moves being made, which we'll discuss later, I don't see any reason why Doug Martin isn't on the, this roster come come week four when the suspension is up. And you talk about Doug Martin out of Jacksonville. The whole team, not a bad performance in Jacksonville. Some things you don't want to see, but that's with any preseason game. And if the team can rally up like they did against Jacksonville, I, we are more than ready. The team is more than ready for week one against Miami. But we do have some news out of training camp this week. Brent Grimes is back on the field after that big nasty gash that you got a good look at on Hard Knocks. He is back on the field practicing, getting some reps in, and there was some footage today of him running around. He looks pretty good, looks pretty healthy, uh, not too much to complain about. And then another funny story. It's it's hard to it's hard to feel bad for this one, but the Bucks made the news for the wrong reasons. But something that probably should have stayed in one Buck place, regardless, it somehow made the news, and people are talking about it. But Bucks rookies take shot at former kicker Roberto Aguayo. Uh, as we know, the former Bucks kicker cut by Tampa and claimed by the Bears last weekend missed his first kick with Chicago on a 49-year-old fi- or a 49-year-old a 49-yard field goal on Saturday night. And now, Sunday, days after his departure from Tampa Bay was aired on HBO's Hard Knocks, the Bucks rookies are taking shots at him. Sunday night had the Bucks rookies been putting on a show for the rest of the team in one Bucks place main auditorium, and as part of that. They came up with a list of 10 things you won't see during training camp, which was likely never meant to leave one buck place. Receiver Deshaun Jackson posted a video to Instagram on Sunday night, however, and it showed that number nine on the list read, quote, Roberto making his kicks, dot, dot, dot. Roberto making the team, dot, dot, dot. You know what? Never mind. (laughs) End quote. Jackson has since deleted the video, but with cameras all over one buck place, you wonder if the scene will show up in a future episode of Hard Knocks. That's just, that's football, plain and simple. I, I mean, that's something, that's a locker room mentality. People have brought that up before. The president has brought that up before. But that is locker room mentality. That's just the way things go, and it's sad that it got to the public. And I'm sure Roberto has found out already. It'll give him some hard feelings about some guys back in Tampa, but, you know... What can you do? But it gave me a little giggle the first time I saw that story. Yeah, I mean, Deshaun Jackson made a mistake. You could tell, but he made a mistake. Somebody told him to take it down because um, about two hours after he posted it, the, the, his Instagram story was taken down. So um, definitely wasn't supposed to be, but I don't mind it. <laughs> you know, you, you know, be a professional, Roberto. If that hurts your feelings, um, maybe that's one of the reasons the Bucks cut you because maybe you're too mentally weak. Um, and honestly. people people say that's what it is. Looking back at Aguayo, it's it's more of a mental thing than performance at this oh, at, at this time. Um, oh, it definitely is. And 
it's hard to it's hard to think about. You know, statistically, the greatest kicker in college football history goes to the NFL and can't nail good thirty percent of his kicks. That'll get you cut. And then you go to a new team where they give him faith, and he misses it wide right in a dome, in a dome, and nowhere close. Nowhere close. Did you see the kick? I unfortunately I saw the kick, but we can't talk too too bad. Nick Folk came out and did miss that extra point. Uh, it was kicked low against Jacksonville. Blocked. A lot of people say it was blocked, but regardless, the argument that can be made is that it was blocked because he did kick it a little too low. But I'm not here to I'm not here to talk about that. It was blocked. That's the end of the line. Well, also, and and you said the the most accurate college kicker in, in college history, right? Um, I'm going I'm going to actually I'm going to put some stats out that my my buddy uh, Chris Fisher uh, used to host Bucks Brief podcast, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, he put out this tweet, and he's been saying it for a long time. He kept saying, you know, he was a he didn't really care about the Aguayo pick. He didn't like it, but didn't dislike it. But he said that there was a declining. You could tell from Roberto Aguayo's 2014 season, he was good. The 2015 season, he actually declined in percentage. Um, and so here we go. Actually, Roberto Aguayo technically is not the most accurate kicker in college uh, football history. Number one is Brett Bayer from 2009-2012. Hit 90% of his field goals. Do you know who he is? Nope. Number nope. two, Alec, Alex Henry, who I know because I'm from Philly. He was with the Eagles. Hit 89.47% of his field goals from 2007 to 2010. He's not in the league anymore. And number three is Roberto Aguayo, who hit 8846 percent from 2013 and 2015 coming out of Florida State. The only one that I recognize that may still that's not even in a league right now I don't think, but he was probably the longest reigning one was Matt Bosher. I actually think Matt Bosher's a punter now, so um, yeah, not uh, not the best look but that's a trend. There's none of these guys. I could read them off. Some may know them, but there's <laughs> If you, you won't recognize many names. You really won't. It's not about being accurate in college. Uh, that's what Light thought it was about, but that's that's certainly not what it was about. Um, and, and also, um, even, you know, I trust Nick Folk. <laughs> I, I, I really do. Um, so, you know, he's never been a, a long-range field goal kicker. Now, he should have made the extra point, yes, however – it's his fault, but it's it's also definitely his folks' fault as, as uh, it's it's the off of the line's fault as well, no doubt about it. Oh yeah. However, I mean, folk pretty much. I mean, he was you know he made the kick from twenty nine, which you need to make. He made the kick from thirty five, which you need to make. Those were two that you need to make, and he did. He did make them. So. Um, he he definitely made them. So, I mean, I was confident that he'd make them. I was. I don't know if I'd be confident if Roberto would make them. Yeah. You know. So, I mean, he's never Nick Folk's never been the long range field goal kicker. Actually, he was, I believe, like eighty seven percent last year from field goals. But from like, hmm, I believe from like forty or beyond, he was about like. 60 percent um not not the greatest but also i mean he had a 45 yarder so i think i think 
in the Cincinnati game. So I think fans need to um, need to definitely cool off and just you know if if he he needs to make extra points. Okay, plain and simple. Guess what, guys? Yeah, guess what? Nick Folk is going to miss a field goal. I I don't know if you guys don't know that or not. <laughs> He's going to miss a field goal at at some point during the season. Probably even twice, maybe even three times. He's going to miss a field goal. It happens. It happens to the best of kickers. They sometimes miss. They are they are nobody is perfect. Uh, you know, Adam Vinatieri, or you know, they, he never misses. Guess what? I believe last season he missed. You know, you don't kick everything perfect. So if Nick Folk or not, if when Nick Folk misses a 41, 42 yarder, don't get all upset and say, oh, I shouldn't have cut Aguayo. It was the right move at the time. Uh, Nick Folk from 40 below is pretty much automatic. If obviously if the offensive line holds up, um, yeah. I believe, you know, he's pretty much automatic from 35, from 40 below. Um, it's just from 40 plus is what you need to improve on. But, you know, actually, I'm not sure if a little, I, well, before we move on, just one last thing I want to say, because I'm really dragging this out. No, you're good, um, man. You're good. We got time. <laughs> uh, you know, a little not so fun fact for, um, well, actually, I have two not so fun facts. One was on my Twitter page. You can follow me at, um, Evan underscore what the buck WTB pretty much um, it's a capital W capital T capital B and pretty much um, <laughs> and then that was I basically put out a tweet that said the Buccaneers haven't made an extra point this preseason if you think about it Roberto was extra point at that when Ryan Fitzpatrick scored hit the upright and when Doug scored Nick Folk's kick was blocked so he, he never, he never, they they haven't made an extra point. It needs to change, of course, and I think it will. Though, obviously, I, I'm pretty confident they're going to make an extra point, um, it, you know, versus Cleveland. However, um, <laughs> I'm just saying, a couple years ago, you may remember it. Uh, a, a couple years ago. Versus the Jets in 2013, I believe. Levante David, Geno Smith's debut. Levante made Levante David made a boneheaded play. It was not a good play. Um, mistake. He pushed Geno Smith. Oh, I remember out this. of bounds. He pushed Geno Smith out of bounds. And you know, not good. What happened? Nick Folk ended up making the game-winning field goal to put the Bucks at 0-1. And, and that kick, I believe, I believe that kick was from beyond 40. I am pretty positive that kick was from beyond 40 yards. Um, I am... And it, it comes down, just like you said, your mic cut out a little bit there, buddy. I don't know if it was connection... But those are game-winning kicks. You know, that's what it comes down to, and that can win or lose you a game in those kind of situations. Uh, I'll double-check, make sure your connection's still up and running. But we were talking Nick Folk and the Bucks kicking situation, and I was going to bring up, you're picking up your Madden 18 copy later this week. They had a few roster updates since the game dropped yesterday, believe it or not. Uh, they've had two roster updates, but before the very first roster update, 
The Buccaneers' starting kicker and punter, Brian Anger, was the default for kicking field goals. They did not... Aguayo was already off the Bucs, um, and they did not have Nick Folk as the starter. With the roster update, they made him the starter, but I'm not too sure why. But that was... I remember that was a hot commodity coming in and out of there. Was hopefully... He, uh... Hopefully, um... Hopefully Brian Anger could make some field goals. But moving on really quick, we have got some big trade rumors. Some big trade rumors. And it's something that we're going to have to address directly because if this follows through, a lot of people are going to be angry. So on the block right now, on the discussion board for the Bucks, is a trade involving Doug Martin... A second-round pick, and LaShawn McCoy. Shady LaShawn McCoy of the Bills. The Bills are already openly talking about trading him and another player. And it caught me off guard that the Bucks were this interested in it. I've seen looks, like I said before, Doug Martin will go for... I'm sorry, Doug Martin and a second-round pick will go for just Shady. Now, if it was a one-on-one -on -one pick, if it was Doug Martin... For LaShawn McCoy. That's totally fine. I have no problem with that. But to forego a second round pick where we can pick up another player like Chris Godwin, it's hard to it's hard for me to get behind this. Another reason is that Doug has shown over the preseason, Doug has shown, especially Jacksonville game. We just talked about that. Doug has shown highlights of the top five player that he was in the league just two years ago. Doug Martin has been a top caliber running back. When he's healthy, when he's healthy, when Doug stays healthy, he has the potential to be a top caliber running back. Now, the argument can also be made that LaShawn McCoy is consistent. LaShawn McCoy goes out and gets yards every single game, and that's the truth. I can agree there. That is the truth. LaShawn McCoy is consistent, but LaShawn McCoy has never been a top three rated player in the NFL. Doug Martin has had over two 1,000-yard seasons. Whenever he doesn't, he normally falls under five, 600 yards. That's just because of injury. That's because he's not healthy. And this year, it's going to be the barrier of coming over that suspension. But I'm going to toss it over to you, Evan. I feel like a lot of people aren't going to be happy with this. I'm on the side of the people who aren't going to be happy because I don't want to see Doug Martin go. Well, At, at least I just mean, yet. I feel like he's got one more year to prove himself. And then if he doesn't prove himself, if he runs under 500, I can, I can – you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell him to get the door on his way out. Let me ask you this before I start. Did you want them to draft a Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, etc.? I'll be honest with you. For a period of time, I wanted them to draft Dalvin Cook. For a period of time, though. About a week before the draft, I changed my mind. Well, it sort of tells me that you're sort of thinking the same way a lot of Bucks fans are, and that's that... Doug Martin isn't going to return to his form, which could be. I mean, it's preseason. You never know. He's looked good so far. Uh, definitely he's looked good so far. I'm not going to take that away from him. But um, I wanted Cook. I wanted McCaffrey. I didn't really want Fournette. If, if we would have got Cook or McCaffrey, I would have been all right. Now, you say that fans aren't going to be happy. What I'm going to look at is fans are going to be happy because they're going to be like, look, they're going to say, this offense is ready to roll. The weakness that the two weakest points that fans say for the offense is the offensive line and the running back situation. 
Now, what I how I look at that is I don't view the offensive line as a weakness. I think, and I think they've shown you in the past two preseason games. I think that Donovan Smith is going to improve greatly. I think that Ali Marpet, the center, that move's going to be great. Uh, J.R. Sweezy, Kevin Panfield, they'll both be fine. DeMar Dotson, if he's healthy, he, he'll hold up. The offensive line will be just fine. So that, I take away one knee, puts out another knee, and that's running back with Doug Martin. You, 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 and no matter, you can like the guy, I like him, I like Doug, but you don't know what you're going to get with him. You could get the, you know, f- you know, a thousand yard rusher. You could get the guy that rushes for 1,400 yards and six, six rushing touchdowns, but you could also get the guy that ran for 450 and got hurt and missed six, seven games, not just not counting suspension. If you view it, to, you know, if you think that, and I think they do, um, if you think that Doug can return to form, then, yeah, the, the, the Shady McCoy trade, LaShawn McCoy, should not, um, should not really, should not really sit, sit tight with you. If you think, oh, Doug's done, I think some fans that truly think that Doug Martin is done would give up a second-round pick because they'd be like, look, that pick's not going to be as early as it used to be. It used to be at the top of the second round. Yeah. It used to be the top, you know, five, ten picks in the second round, and that used to be a first-round talent. And, okay, yeah, that was very nice. But now, the, the you know, the bad thing, the only bad thing that comes with winning is you get worse draft picks. It's just how it goes. I mean, there's no other way to put it. You know, so they're thinking, you know, that second-round pick's going to be later. We can part with second-round picks, still have our first, still have our third. They're going to be thinking Jason Light is a draft genius. He can, you know, he can work with what he's got. Plus, we have Shady McCoy, uh, you know, a back that has speed, agility, uh, quick cuts, everything that you want. He can be paired with Deshaun Jackson again. This offense can be unstoppable. So I don't think fans will be too mad. However, this will not happen. I'm going to say it right here, right now. If it does happen, I will send. Each person who tells me they listen to this, I'll send them five dollars. <laughs> I promise. I'll send. I'll send you five dollars. That's how confident <laughs> I am. And we have over, you know, over a hundred downloads, which is very impressive. Thank you guys very much. Oh, yeah, thank you guys very much. We did actually just hit. I believe last I checked, we were at about one eighty-five for downloads on iTunes, as well as the views on YouTube. Those have been stacking up, and it's completely awesome. Thank you guys very, very much for that. Uh, but sorry to interrupt, Evan. Right back to you, man. And your your that, promise that, to that, pay everyone five dollars. Simple. That's that's how come. Um, you know, I think that um, really, uh, I mean, it's not going to happen because one, they believe in Doug. Two. You know, I don't really think at the end of the day Jason Light would want to part with the second round pick. It's nice, but I don't think he'd want to part with the second round pick. Um, and um, you know, Jason Light values that, and really, they they like Doug. And if let's say I think it's a different story if Doug, um, you know, comes out in the preseason and just looks awful or gets busted again for suspension or suspension's even longer. Um, I think it's a different story. Um, 
Now, he's looked good. So I think that the team thinks that this is the 1,400-yard rusher and that they do not need to get LaShawn McCoy. And plus, there was no real – if you look at the story, there was no real sources. If you look at that story, there's no real sources there. So I don't really believe it. I would, would I like to see it happen? Yeah, sure, why not? But I don't think it will ultimately, and I think it's probably the right move. And and you're right there. Uh, I was going to bring that up as well. There weren't a lot of sources. There weren't a lot of people talking about it. It wasn't heavily spread on NFL, ESPN, Bleacher Report, none of that. Um, but there are a lot of trades that can catch you off guard. You know, just today, Kyrie Irving to Boston for uh, Isaiah Thompson and a couple other players. That surprised the hell out of me because I didn't see it coming. I did not see yeah, that coming. Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas, Jake, Jake Crowder, Nets pick. Um well, just my opinion, the Celtics uh, won the trade, you know, but the Cavs might have won it long term. But that's here nor there. Let's get back to some bucks. But, you know, like you said, blockbuster trade can happen at any time. And, and it's something that's not too talk or not talked about too much. I'm sure I'm sure some way, somehow word of this rumor has gotten to the buck higher ups. It's something that's going to be talked about. But I'm more with you. I really don't think it's going to be something that happens. I would not be for it. I would not be 100 percent behind it if it happened. I think we don't have enough time in the preseason. I think if they were going to do it, it would have been done already because I would like to see more time for LaShawn McCoy me, in that, the preseason. Well, I think LaShawn McCoy is a player. I don't know. Are you saying he's not a, He's not better no, than no, 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 no. I'm just saying it's a different system to run behind the Buffalo line to come down to Tampa, run a different playbook, run a different line. It'd be different to see him. It'd be different for him to develop a little bit faster especially if something happens they cut Doug they pick up LaShawn week one they throw him in there against Miami he could have one hell of a game but you don't know because you haven't seen him play behind that big bucks O-line other than practice it's just something that I would like to see it would something that would be ideal for me to see when it comes down to how the trade would happen but the NFL is the NFL it's a beast of its own and people get cut and traded like it means nothing so we could see yeah, whatever I mean, happened well, the only thing I'm going to say is you said about LaShawn McCoy going week one of Miami and just going off well. You, you said you don't know. Well, there's one thing that you do know. Man, lightning is crazy. Yeah, um, there's that, one thing. <laughs> um, there's, there, there's one thing that you do know, and you do know that Doug Martin won't be in Miami because he'll be suspended. So I think that would play a big factor, but it, it would also play a big factor in why I don't think this will go down. I don't think Buffalo wants to take on Doug Martin's salary and miss him for three games. Yeah. Yeah. You're just not... because he's traded doesn't mean a suspension's lifted. Right. You're not there. And just to just to bring him on and give up you, you know, give up a guy who you know player. can come out. They're be- yeah, they're best they're player. Best player. To, to give up your best player for a guy who's gonna sit on the bench for three, four weeks once you get him, it's a little bit of a risk, and that even falls back to you saying it's not gonna happen. I'm with you. I don't think it's gonna happen. But you never know. Bottom line, you never know. The NFL is just is is a nasty beast. I mean, the NFL goes out there and they do whatever they want to. That's how business is run, unfortunately. But guys, we are going to wrap up the show. We're going to do a little preview on Hard Knocks tonight. Uh, if you do not have a subscription to HBO, I'll be honest with you. I watched the first two episodes on YouTube. Don't feel bad if you have to look it up and bootleg it. But the show has been nothing short of hilarious. I love seeing this side of the Bucks. I was a little questionable when the Bucks first got picked for Hard Knocks. I've been watching every episode, and I love it, man. And if you guys aren't on it, you should be on it. Um, but go check out Hard Knocks. is going to be on tonight. Well, whenever you're right hearing now. this. Right, mm-hmm. Yeah, right now. It's 10.08 p.m. 
Uh, but this is recorded on August 22nd, so who knows when you hear it. But Hard Knocks has been nothing short of funny. I saw a little preview of what's going to be going on tonight. Jameis is going to get his chance to talk to John Gruden and Rex Ryan. And it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting confrontation just for Jameis to hear what those two coaches have to say about them. Rex Ryan had nothing but good things to say about him. He said, I wish I had a player like you when I coached. And it'd be interesting to hear what John Gruden says. And then we got a couple more highlights. Roberto Aguayo has spoken out since being traded to Chicago, and he apologized to his teammates. He told the Bucks, he said, I let you guys down. That's some stuff you'll see on Hard Knocks. HBO, if you haven't checked it out already, or just bootleg it on YouTube, wherever you can. Don't get a virus on your computer, though, because if you get a virus, you won't be able to listen to us anymore, and that would just be yep. sad. But, guys, thank you so much for listening. Evan, any last words for you, man, while I queue up the, uh, while I queue up the outro music? One thing I'm going to say to look for in Cleveland, look for the kicking battle, look for the fifth wide receiver spot. I think Josh Huff's going to officially win the job almost in uh, in Tampa and hope they can come out with a win. This is going to be uh, the last taste of preseason slash regular season football you're going to see, Bucks fans, because the Stars won't really play in the fourth game. So this is going to be the closest to an NFL game you're going to get until week one in Miami. So uh, really uh, cherish this one. So we'll look out and hope to see a good Bucks team coming up. And see a lot of good things from the starters. We got the Browns coming up and the Redskins at home after that. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. It's been great. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube. And we will see you next week. Go Bucks. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube